Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Department of Homeland Security versus Thoracicam, certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, argued March 2nd, 2020, decided June 25th, 2020. The Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act, IIRIRA, provides for the expedited removal of certain applicants seeking admission into the United States, whether at a designated port of entry or elsewhere. That's 8 U.S.C. Section 1225A1. An applicant may avoid expedited removal by demonstrating to an asylum officer a credible fear of persecution, defined as a significant possibility that the alien could establish eligibility for asylum. That's section 1225B1, cap B, V. An applicant who makes this showing is entitled to full consideration of an asylum claim in a standard removal hearing. It's 8 CFR section 208.30F. An asylum officer's rejection of a credible fear claim is reviewed by a supervisor and may then be appealed to an immigration judge. Sections 208.30E8 and 1003.42C, as well as D1. But IIRIRA limits the review that a federal court may conduct on a petition for writ of habeas corpus, 8 U.S.C. section 1252E2. In particular, courts may not review the determination that an applicant lacks a credible fear of persecution, section 1252A2 cap A III. Respondent Vijay Kumar Thurgarasam is a Sri Lankan national who was stopped just 25 yards after crossing the southern border without inspection or an entry document. He was detained for expedited removal. An asylum officer rejected his credible fear claim. A supervising officer agreed, and an immigration judge affirmed. Respondent then filed a federal habeas petition asserting, for the first time, a fear of persecution based on his Tamil ethnicity and political views and requesting a new opportunity to apply for asylum. The district court dismissed the petition, but the Ninth Circuit reversed, holding that, as applied here, Section 1252E2 violates the Suspension Clause and the Due Process Clause. A Supreme Court held the decision below is reversed and remanded, and Justice Alito filed the opinion of the court. As applied here, Section 1252E2 does not violate the Suspension Clause. The Suspension Clause provides that the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless, when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. It's uh, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2. This court has held that, at a minimum, the clause protects the writ as it existed in 1789, when the Constitution was adopted. Um, That's INS versus St. Cyr. Habeas has traditionally provided a means to seek release from unlawful detention. Respondent does not seek release from custody, but an additional opportunity to obtain asylum. His claims, therefore, fall outside the scope of the writ as it existed when the Constitution was adopted. The respondent contends that three bodies of case law support his argument that the suspension clause guarantees a broader habeas right, but none do. 
One, the respondent first points to British and American cases decided before or around the Constitution's adoption. All these cases show is that habeas was used to seek release from detention in a variety of circumstances. Respondent argues that some cases show aliens using habeas to remain in a country, but the relief ordered in those cases was simply release. An alien petitioner's ability to remain in the country was due to immigration law, or lack thereof. The relief that a habeas court may order and the collateral consequences of that relief are two entirely different things. 2. Although Respondent claims to rely on the writ as it existed in 1789, his argument focuses on this court's decisions during the Finality Era, which takes its name from the feature of the Immigration Act of 1891, making certain immigration decisions final. In Nishimura Iku v. United States, the court interpreted the act to preclude judicial review of only questions of fact. Federal courts otherwise retained authority under the Habeas Corpus Act of 1867 to determine whether an alien was detained in violation of federal law. Thus, when aliens sought habeas relief during the finality era, the court exercised habeas jurisdiction that was conferred by the habeas statute, not because it was required by the suspension clause, which the court did not mention. The court's more recent decisions in Bauer Medine v. Bush and St. Cyr also do not support respondents' argument. Baumedine was not about immigration at all, and St. Cyr reaffirmed the common law habeas writ provided a vehicle to challenge detention and could be invoked by aliens already in the country who were held in custody pe- pending deportation. It did not approve respondents' very different approach very different attempted use of the writ. Um, As applied here, section 252E2 does not violate the due process clause. More than a century of precedent establishes that. For aliens seeking initial entry, the decisions of executive or administrative officers acting within powers expressly conferred by Congress are due process of law. Uh, Nishimura Iku. Respondent argues that this rule does not apply to him because he succeeded in making it 25 yards into U.S. territory. But the rule would be meaningless if it became inoperative as soon as an arriving alien set foot on U.S. soil. An alien who is detained shortly after unlawful entry cannot be said to have effected an entry. Uh, Zed Vadas versus Davis. An alien in respondent's position, therefore, has only these rights regarding admission that Congress has provided by statute. In respondent's case, Congress provided the right to a determination whether he had a significant possibility of establishing eligibility for asylum, and he was given that right. That's sections 1225B1, cap B, II, and V. The decision below is reversed and remanded. Justice Alito delivered the opinion of the court, in which Justice Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh joined. Justice Thomas filed a concurring opinion. Justice Breyer filed an opinion concurring in the judgment, in which Justices Ginsburg, or just Justice Ginsburg joined, and Justice Sotomayor filed a dissenting opinion, in which Justice Kagan joined.
Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number 80.